Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Apple Store Soho. We have an amazing guest. Well, with that, I'd like to invite you guys to enjoy a look at the trailer for Red Hook Summer. This is your grandson. This is your grandfather. There's some shady people up here. This is not Atlanta. You understand? Yes. Good. We live in a world of should not be. It should not be that radio and television and movies define who our boys are. Whoa, that's blood territory over there. Look, I don't want y'all here no more, all right? Hey, yo, you should know better letting them out here without instructions, all right? He got me on tape. I'm glass you straight to big heaven, understand? I want to go home. Yeah, we can start all over here, boy. Bible study, Sunday school right here, right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest, Spike Lee. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank Susan. She said this is my fifth time here. Got a brand new spankings, apple joint can Soho. Is Brooklyn in the house? All right, Brooks in the house. Is Fort Greene in the house? The fort. What about Staten Island? <laughs> Dan and Ferry. Red Hook Summer is another film of my chronicles, or what I call my chronicles of Brooklyn, New York. It started way back in 1986, my first film, She's Gotta Have It. Then we went to Do It 1989, Do The Right Thing. I forget the rest of the years. <laughs> Clockers, He Got Game. What's another one? What? Oh, Crooklyn. Crooklyn. And so here we are again with uh, Red Hook Summer, with the great, great lead actor, Clark Peters. You get it for Clark. You know Clark from, probably from The Wire. Played Detective Lester Freeman, James McBride, the great novelist, co-wrote this together. And the whole origin of the movie is this. We were bemoaning the path pathetic state of African-American cinema. And we decided, you know, what, what do we want to do? So I just bought a camera, a Sony F3. I said, let's write something together. And, I, and when Carmelo signed with the Knicks, he had done a, a phone deal with Boost Mobile and asked me to do a, a digital piece on him. So knowing that Carmelo, even though he was, you know, his formative years in Baltimore, he was born in Red Hook. So we took Carmelo back to Red Hook for the commercial. And then James McBride, he's from Red Hook. His parents were preachers, and they founded the church we ended up shooting in, the New Brown Memorial Baptist Church in Red Hook. And so then we put all these things together. Uh, you might know James also from uh, The Color Water. It was on New York Times bestseller list for years. He wrote the novel and the screenplay for Miracle St. Anna. So we have a very good collaboration together. 
with this film, we're trying to show different elements which are affecting the African-American community at this time. A lot of things, but one of them is gentrification. My parents bought our, brown, our brownstone in Fort Greene in 1968. This is when Fort Greene was the fort. I mean, our brownstone cost $40,000 then. Today, she. <laughs> it's a different Fort Greene today. Now, there are pros and cons of uh, gentrification. So I want to get in a whole diatribe about that tonight, but Harlem's different. Bed-Stuy's different. Chicago South Side, I mean, D.C. is not Chocolate City. More like Parliament Funkadelic, you say Chocolate City? Uh-uh. And so all these things we deal with this film, especially now look at Red Hook. The thing about Red Hook is that you got to have a reason to go to Red Hook. <laughs> I mean, it's like stuck on the end. There's one... The, the B-61, you got a bike, and it was Smith and Ninth Street. I mean, it's out of the way. But it's thriving now. But right in the middle, Red Hook, you have 32 buildings. The Red Hook Projects. So there's a whole special dynamic there in Red Hook. But it's important that everyone show up. If you supported me throughout all these years, we need your support. Hollywood was not making this film. They weren't making this film. They want to do other stuff. And that's okay. But we want to do this film, so I had to finance this film myself. And also with my man Dylan over here for Variance, we're distributing the film ourselves. So we really need people to show up. Because if we don't support this, then I don't want to hear nothing like, how come we won't want, uh, 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 uh. So we want no shenanigans. No skullduggery. That's a Mike Tyson word. No skullduggery. And, excuse me, I have to cheat. So this film is opening August 10th here in New York. And let me give you the theaters. The 10th is a Friday. And as we all know, that opening weekend, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, New York has to set the tone for the rest of the world. So we need New York to show up. Woo, yo, 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 yo. With the landmark sunshine, we're going to be the AMC Magic Johnson, Harlem Uptown, AMC Empire 25, and in Brooklyn, in Fort Greene, at the Bam Rose Cinema. So check it out. So we're gonna take some questions. Now, before we start, you know, we're doing this a lot of love, so I'm not, a, this is not the time to bombard me with mixtapes, <laughs> headshots, scripts. We're not doing that. Not having that, not tonight. We have yes. a microphone, raise your hand and we'll come to you. Thank you, right here in the center. Uh, my name is Michelle Jackson, and my question is, it seems like every year that a new black filmmaker, myself included, uh, gets their moment, 
they feel like they're doing everything all over again, that they feel like I've got to be the one to be the black filmmaker who makes it, but you've done it, and every year someone else is trying to be that one who makes it. And my question to you is, how do we not feel like we're trying to reinvent the wheel every single year? Well, number one, I'll, I'll give you a good example. My student from NYU, Dee Rees, her film Pariah, she was, she was not trying to be the next Spike Lee. She had her own particular story she wanted to tell. So just tell your story. Tell your story. I mean, there's room for everybody. Right here in the front? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> Spike, my name's Derek Wilson. I first met you 25 years ago. I was coming out of the movie theater watching Nadine. You were standing out in, the f in front of the movie what theater. What movie? The movie Nadine. Yeah, I know. It was one of them date nights. But it you were outside the movie theater on 86 and Broadway. I didn't see man. Nadine. So I know I'm you didn't. You were just outside the theater. All right. Ben Stiller was... Uh, yeah. Anyway, what has changed, though, in 25 years? Has technology made it better for you, easier for you to make films now? Um, than it was, you know, way back then. Well, technology has made it easier somewhat. You still need money to uh, do your films. But we had, uh, as I said before, I financed this film myself. So number one, you can't shoot forever. Because the more days you shoot, the more it costs. So we shot Red Hook Summer in 18 days. Three six-day weeks. So I'm going to show you progress. 1980, in the summer of 1985, we shot She's Gonna Have It in 12 days. Two six-day weeks. Now in 2011, <laughs> we shot another film in 18 days. So I'm a hybrid. I have no problems going back and forth between Hollywood films and independent films. But there are certain stories that Hollywood, this is not an indictment of the Hollywood system. There are certain things they're not going to do at this time. I mean, I did a recent article in uh, New York Magazine. The guy asked me, could I get uh, Malcolm X made? I said, yeah, we put tights and a cape on them and make them fly, then they'll make it. <laughs> if Malcolm X can't fly, they're not making it. I said this thing about Oliver Stone. You can't make JFK fly or transform into something. They're not doing that today. So what I will say is that as far as the content, the story elements of African-American cinema was much more yet. The Hughes brothers, John Singleton, myself, uh, Robert Townsend, there was more diversity as, as subject matter goes. Now there's like a certain formula that makes money, but they're not making anything else. Front row, all the way over on your right. Yes. Hi, uh, my name's Alma Birch, and I, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what it's like to work with Mike Tyson, and uh, <laughs> some of the differences between being a film director and a stage director. Thank you, very good question. I've never done stage before, ever. <laughs> Mike Tyson has never been on Broadway, <laughs> ever. Ah, <laughs> 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 shit. <laughs> no, it's gonna be fun. And the thing about Mike, he's smart. Don't think that he's dumb. 
the man has intellect to burn. And he's a storyteller. So he's up on the stage sharing with you his life, which has, which has had many peaks, many valleys, many highs, many lows. And that's a roller coaster, all the stuff he's done. So right now, we're just trying to get him in shape because he's never done this before. And when you've never done something before, your confidence is a little shaky. So every day we're rehearsing, eight hours, he's getting better and better and better. So when we open, July 31st can be ready. And it's interesting, I know Mike a long time. I know Mike since 1986. So this is not just some Johnny Come Lately stuff. I mean, you remember Do the Right Thing, and the, the mural on the side of Sal's famous pizzeria is, is Mike Tyson. So we, and, and Sweet Dick Willie had those funny lines about uh, Mike Tyson too in, in, in Do the Right Thing. So we go way back. We both love each other, we both support each other. And we're busting our asses to make sure that, that we had the best show possible when we opened on Broadway. Right here in the middle? But the difference between, I mean, is very obvious. Theater, there's no, let's start again. No takes, four, one, two, two, three, four, five. I mean, you're out there. That's why a lot of people who start in film without a firm understanding craft. You can't, you gotta have craft to go on. An editor, you know, they can do some tricks in the editing room, make you look great. On the stage, you're out there butt naked. You know, you're out there. And you're still snapped together, you're exposed. That's what everybody does film. They can't do theater. You know, big difference. And it takes courage to go out there. It's not just Mike's out there just remembering lines. He's telling stories that are deeply painful. Mike did this originally in uh, Las Vegas for six nights, for six nights. And there was some stuff that had happened in his life that wasn't in Vegas, it's gonna be in the Broadway show. And the obvious thing is the death of his four-year-old daughter. That's a parent's worst nightmare. And when your daughter dies, when the cord is wrapped around her neck on the treadmill, Daughter's, his daughter's name was Exodus. And he's standing out there and share that with the audience. So there have been several times, I'm not gonna lie, been, this stuff is so deep, there have been several times in rehearsal where we just had to say, all right, Mike, take a break. But he's going there. He's going there. So it's gonna be real. No okie doke. Because we're not, we're not having that. Yes. Right here in the middle. What's going on, Spike? What's happening? Jeremiah, actor, not sending you a headshot, don't worry. Not <laughs> but, today. <right? laughs> but my two questions were, um, you've achieved take, all... 
One, 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 oh, one. Sorry, you achieved all your dreams so far, but what I was wondering, like, what is, is there a bigger dream that you have, like, in your, in your vision that you still want to accomplish, and what is that? Well, I wouldn't say a bigger dream. There's just, there's still stories I want to tell. I mean, I would love to have made Inside 2 the sequel. We haven't done that yet. Uh, there's many other things I want to do. I would love to do a musical. You know, there's many things I want to do. So hopefully, you know, if God is willing, the creek don't rise, it will, it will happen. Second row here. Yes. How you doing? My name, How you doing? My, my name is Mike. And um, I have tickets for August 1st with my girlfriend to see uh, Tyson on All Broadway. Right. So, Thank you. Um, speaking of boxing, I'm a Michael Mann fan, and I think him and Will Smith did a good job with Ali, but do you wish that you could tackle it on your own and do your own spin on the Ali story? Because I always thought that, or love to see it in a Spike version. All I can say is I interviewed for the film. Leave it at that. <laughs> right here to your left. Ciao, Laura. Um, How you doing? Very good, how are you? <laughs> um, I want to get back to the movie because I just watched the trailer. Yes. And the first thing that popped in my mind is that it looks uh, different from the scene I see in Red Hook. And you were talking about gentrification. Right. So I want. You live in Red Hook? I, I live in close to where you live. <laughs> but I walk. Where is that? I live, on Bor I live in Borom Hill. Okay, Borom Hill. Mm -hmm. And I walk to Red Hook uh, right. a lot of time because I love it. And uh, because you were talking about gentrification, so I wanted to know, and I know you don't want to uh, discuss it politically or... But go ahead. But I want to uh, know which part of Red Hook you're showing, like which is the age, it's a today uh, film setting? No, it's, it's today, it's, it's contemporary. Today. This film, so takes Red Hook Summer takes place today, contemporary. Okay, today. so it's uh, the project life in today, because uh, today there are a lot of artists and a lot of... Yeah, but... The center of Red Hook is the projects. Yeah. And all around it, you have everything else. The wine shops now, the, the gardens. Then you got the pier. Who's been to Steve's Key Lime? It's the best Key Lime in the world. That's, I know it's hard to get Red Hook, but it's worth it. Steve's Key Lime Pie. And so, here, okay, this is my final statement about gentrification today, tonight. <laughs> I'm all for peace and love of people living amongst each other, diversity. But when people move into a neighborhood and just get there, your ass can't come in at Bogarten like you've been there forever because there's a certain culture there. You just come, come in there and disregard the culture that's been there. That's the Christopher Columbus mentality. Can't do it, in my opinion. That's, and, and another thing about gentrification, when I lived in the Fort Greene, let's, let's compare it to today. You were lucky if the garbage got picked up. You were lucky if the cop, the cop showed up. Once the whole neighbor changes, all of a sudden, it's like a miracle. 
the public services start to get better. It's like presto changeo, <laughs> abracadabra. And I mean, that's it for the night about gentrification. All the way in the back? Yes. Here, over here. Hi. Um, How you doing? I'm good, how are you? Good. Okay, um, I have a question. Clearly, um, the movie Red Hook Summer deals with a lot of religious subject matter. Yes. And on that note, I guess my question is, how have you chosen to represent like your personal religious views? Like, What are they and how are they represented in this film? Well, here's the thing. I did not grow up in the church. The only time I went to church was in the summer. My parents shipped me and my siblings, they, they shipped our black asses down south. How many of you went down, got shipped down south during the summer? They're like, we're tired of your ass. Go down south, spend some of your grandparents. And so when your ass got down south, you had to go to church. Your parents, your grandparents made you go to church. So that was my upbringing. James McBride was different. His parents were preachers. So he was in church two, three, four days a week. So we brought my family as, as Baptists, but I believe in God, but I just don't go to church. I don't think that you have to go to church to, to believe in a powerful being. But we do deal with uh, to answer your question maybe a little better, we do deal with how the black church is important in the black community. My memory shot. So again, we're at facebook.com slash redhooksummer. I'm on Twitter at spizike at spy, no, I'm, oops. On Twitter at Spike Lee. And since it's going around the world, we got some other stuff. On August 17th, we're going to be in Newark, another place in New Jersey. On the 24th, Chicago, Los Angeles, DC, Baltimore, Atlanta, Philly. On the 31st, San Francisco, Berkeley, Oakland, San Jose, Dallas, Detroit, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Houston, Miami, New Orleans. And September, Seattle. Portland, Denver, Austin, Boston, Nashville, Phoenix, and more. So you have relatives or friends in those places, please tell them, out. Please tell them to come out. And uh, thank you very much. Great to be here at the, App the new Apple Store. Let's give it up to Susan, who makes it all possible. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you again. Give it up, guys. Spike Lee. Definitely got to go out and show support. We want to remind you guys while you're here to always check out apple.com forward slash Soho.